Hello, Hyrock. Welcome to our daily devotional. Uh, this Advent, we are going through various readings that connect us with the idea of focusing and preparing uh, for the return of Jesus, um, but also looking to the, the first coming of Jesus. And uh, like many of the passages we had this uh, previous week, uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew again. I think Matthew is just, for me, a good place to start because in Matthew, there are so many of the discussions about what this coming kingdom will look like. What are the signs we're to look for? And today's passage is very specific about that. So we're going to be in Matthew 24, verses 1 through 14, where we read this. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will this all happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes on, in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will become rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, once again, the uh, uh, light is wrapped up in a lot of darkness. The good news is uh, brought in the midst of a lot of uh, bad news. Uh, you know, first of all, that this passage starts with the temple. When Jesus, uh, first of all, the disciples seem to be really, really impressed with the temple. Uh, it was probably the most, for most of them, had was the most massive structure they had ever seen. And it was marvelous to behold, to imagine these massive, massive stones lift 60 feet into the air in order to complete the top of the temple and all of that. Uh, it, it must have come as a, quite a bit of a shock to them when Jesus said, oh, you think you're, this is impressive? You're, you think this is something solid? Well, everything here is going to be demolished. Not one stone will stand on, 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 on the other. And of course, because something that they thought of as so solid, maybe thought would last till the end of time, um, if that's going to be demolished, well, that naturally leads for them to wonder, when is the whole earth going to be renewed? When is when is this time going to come when everything is going to be restored? When is the end going to come? Well, I think that is a common refrain throughout history that, you know, whenever this disaster happens or this moment, this darkness happens, you know, we can't imagine uh, anything getting worse than that. And Jesus says, nope, it gets worse. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets worse. Uh, my daughter always uh, laughs. So one of my uh, common dad sayings is, uh, it could always be worse. <laughs> There's As bad as you think it might be, there are always worse options available. Um, but not just that it will get worse, but that many are even going to uh, claim to be the Messiah. And then there's going to be be all these signs, wars, threats of wars, nation against nation, which when we see that nation and na nation means uh, a people group, a blood relation, uh, like 
nation refers to, refers to birth. Then kingdom against ki kingdom. This is political group against political group. Uh, but he says that these are going to be more like birth pains and, you know, birth pains. Uh, I've never gone through it, but I've witnessed it firsthand several times and uh, the pains become more frequent and more intense. So yes, it does get worse before it gets better. And then uh, verse nine and following, it makes it even more personal. It says, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be persecuted. Many people are going to turn away. Uh, there's going to be false prophets, people who are claiming to be speaking for God, but are not. And uh, this one verse really kind of uh, chills me when it says the love of many will grow cold. And I can just, you know, actually, as reading through this whole thing, it feels like this could have been written today, let alone uh, 2000 years ago. I, and this idea of love growing cold, it just seems like this is the moment when people kind of give up hope. They're like they, they stop believing in God. Many fall away. You know, what's the point of all this? And. Uh, love growing cold is is kind of like the end of the road as far as that path goes. And uh, but Jesus says, but the one who endures to the end, you know, and that's the encouragement for us to endure to the end. And, and what does that mean? It's not to give up hope, not to allow our love to grow cold, I, you know, and to keep preaching the good news. In fact, that is what's going to happen. The good news is going to be preached across the world. And so I, I see, you know, one, this is a passage where, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, don't give up hope or continue to hope. And and, and that feels like such a subjective thing. Like hope is just like an internal belief state. But what I see here, the encouragement is that not giving hope really means continuing to love, continuing to uh, love other people, love your neighbor, and to continue to love the world by bringing the good news of Jesus to be this kind of, I mean, it must seem insane to the world in the midst of this darkness where things continue to get worse. And it seems like there's no hope for people to continue to hold on and say, no, Jesus is the hope of the world, and we're going to continue to hope in him. And so there's hope is not just an internal state, but it's it's a, it's a relationship that continues to manifest in outward actions as we love one another and bring the message of Jesus to a lost and, and hurting world. So I, I think of this as a, a very appropriate Advent message that there is light in the darkness and we need to hold on to that light, even as dark as it might seem, as dark it is, as it is in your room right now, that monitor is lighting up your face nice and bright. So there's light in the darkness. So uh, that's what I see in this passage. And that's what I think about in this time of Advent. What, do you, what about you, Dave? You know, it's, uh, I actually thought about this passage a number of times recently uh, because you know, in some of the kind of news feeds and, and various um, uh, subscriptions I had, I was interested as the um, the Hamas uh, attack happened uh, and then all of the sort of speculation about the way that this may, you know, have a domino effect, all these other nations. I started to see so many, uh, very many Christian uh, channels were, were talking about, hey, maybe this is it, right? This is sort of the you know, kind of was moving us towards Armageddon. And uh, and it was a funny thing to me because you know, these people are actually thinking about this this very promise that Jesus is coming back. And in fact, things are really going to fall into decay uh, long before, you know, as, as the, that's happening, as the birth pangs. Uh, and yet the way I read this passage is actually should have the opposite effect. That Jesus is saying, all this stuff's going to happen, but you know what? Don't don't be tricked. The the reality is Jesus was very clear. Nobody knows the day or the hour. And, and it, when if it's one thing if said if he said uh, you know there will be a war, and you know then the end will come. But the reality is wars means that there's wars and then the end. 
and new wars start and then they end and new wars start and it's a cycle and so the idea that to think that oh now now's the moment now's the moment we don't know the moment and so all of these things will happen and we just think as you said gosh just we can't imagine things getting worse than right now and and lo and behold you know <laughs> suddenly things get much better and then they get worse and then they get better and then they get worse and we see this cycle throughout history. Uh, and, and so that I think that this kind of confidence, we just we just don't know when it's going to happen. Um, but then the, uh, the I'm interested in the, um, the verse uh, right near the end here, uh, verse 14. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations, meaning not just countries, but in fact, people groups, all nations will hear it and then the end will come. And actually a lot of Christians, and I, I actually was a part of this back in my early days. Uh, I, I wanted to first, the ministry I first wanted to join was Wycliffe. I wanted to go out and bring the, the, uh, the Bible translation where there were no Bible translations uh, with the kind of implicit understanding that there was sort of this deal. Once we finally got the gospel to all nations, then Jesus would finally come back. So if I wanted to hasten the day of Jesus' coming, we just, we just need to make sure every people group heard about it. Uh, and even that, I think there's a lot of good that's been done in, in that kind of with that hope. Uh, but I actually think that that was a little bit reductionistic. And in fact, even a little controlling that we get to decide when Jesus comes back. Uh, and, and I think I did have that idea when I was kind of younger. But the reality is, is that Jesus has given us a mission and we just go do it. And we don't need to be paying attention to what God's doing. You know, when God's going to keep his part of the bargain, we've got to keep our part. And we've been called to love and to trust and to hope and to serve and to preach the gospel and invite people into it and extend God's reign wherever we go. I also think, you know, there's another uh, idea that a lot of Christians have. And again, I think I was caught up in this for a long time, this idea that if we work really hard and we do a really good job, if we we bring justice into nations, if we we can teach truth, if we can you know get people out of poverty, if we can do all this, that slowly we're going to make the world approach. No, it'll never get there quite. But approach heaven, uh, and I think there was that almost a very humanistic sense that we can bring about the kingdom. By our obedience, right? That by doing what God told us to do. Uh, but there's almost sort of that that uh, you know Tower of Babel hubris that we could ever do this. Uh, and and I think that you know there was that that sense of uh, over optimism, right? It, it was kind of it was hope, not in God. It was hope in our own abilities that that preceded World War II and the Holocaust and the terrors that, that kind of overtook the. Uh, uh, you know, all of you, the civilizations of, of, of Europe. And, you know, these, I think people kind of had a real come up and say, wow, we are so educated and so urbane and so you know, theologically adroit. And yet, you know, with churches everywhere, and yet, look look what happened to us. And, you know, in the end of the kind of the, the 80s, 90s, then the 2000s, there was that sense that maybe we'd sort of solved a lot of the, the global wars, right? There hadn't been a significant war in, in many, many, many years. And, you know, as we had this whole pattern of globalism, maybe we'd figured out through international trade and diplomacy 
how to make it so we'd never have this stuff anymore. And I think all of those efforts to trust in ourselves always end up failing. The reality is that we shouldn't be so discouraged when the reality of, of sin shows up in the world in all kinds of awful ways. And instead of giving up hope, those are the moments that we actually need to, as you were talking about, hold on to hope the most and say, we knew it was going to get dark. And so now is when we need to just continue to be faithful, don't be discouraged by this, and trust in God. And so, you know, I, I hear all this hysteronics about what's going to happen if so-and-so gets elected in the next cycle, and I just think, you know what's going to happen? The world's still going to be broken, and it's going to go on until the day that Jesus comes back. And we're going to continue to be called to serve and to love and to, to be kind and to be generous our mission isn't going to change much. No matter who is in power, no matter who wins, what war starts, what other new war, our job isn't going to change much. Our assignment is pretty solid. And I think that part of that I'm saying is a rebuke to myself. I think so much of my uh, over-engagement in, in some of the world political systems is my hope that that perhaps together we can get this right. Uh, but I think the truth is our hope is in God alone. And instead of then sitting back in despair, say, part of my hope is God alone is that I'm going to continue to be faithful to do my part, regardless of whether I see it working or not working. That's not my concern. I was given an assignment. I'm going to be faithful to it until Jesus comes back for me. Hmm. Well, can I close this in prayer? Yeah, I'd love that. Lord, we truly do long for the day of your appearing. You have kept promise after promise after promise after promise. And God, we are longing to see this promise kept. So God, we follow you. We wait for you. We long for you to hasten your, your return. God, we pray this Advent, come quickly. We pray this. Jesus, we pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. May God's spirit lead you to light up the darkness with the love of God. Go in peace.